You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Amen, amen. How y'all doing? Yeah, kids, how y'all doing? Yeah. Hey, so it's good to be here with everybody this morning. This is the last week of our Colossians series. And maybe some of you who are paying like really close attention, we're just finishing chapter three. There's a whole nother chapter of Colossians. So uh, my promise to you is that we are going to pick back up with chapter four later on this year. Um, it's going to kind of go with a different theme, but we are going to finish up the book. But this is our last Sunday of this series. We're going to finish up chapter three today, and we're going to talk about everybody's favorite thing. We're going to talk about parenting this morning. So parenting, but kids, we're also going to talk to you because the Bible is really clear about what you're supposed to do, and you're supposed to listen to us. So that's what the Bible says. That's what we're going to teach today. Um, We have baptisms next week. Amen. Praise God for that, man. We have baptisms next week. We have five or six people signed up. If you are interested in being baptized, and that's your next step of faith in this place, I would just encourage you to go to our next steps table where the t-shirts are hanging in the back, and someone will be back there um, after service, and they will talk you through that next step if that is something for you. But don't let, don't let anything stop you from taking that next step, right? If that's the next step you need to take, don't let fear stop you. Don't let, man, I don't have any clothes to wear. Like, we will give you everything you need, and then we will dunk you in that water and we will show the world that you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, right? So the, the spiritual part's already done. The baptism is just a symbol of what has already happened in your life. So if you're interested in that, that is happening next Sunday morning. In the New Testament, what we see when parenting or kids, that relationship between kids and parents, when it is mentioned, it always follows, always follows the relationship between the husband and the wife. Always. And what that tells me is that obviously God's design, right, is one woman, one man for one lifetime. And in that relationship, they raise kids together. And that is the ideal for marriage and parenting. And some of you are sitting there and like, yeah, well, the ideal is gone in my life already. Like, I wasn't with one person for one lifetime. Um, I haven't really been a good parent. Like, I haven't loved my spouse the way that I should love them, which is, you know, the best way to raise up a kid to know Jesus. Like, you haven't done that. And this is what I want every single person in here to know, is, is where the ideal isn't met, God's grace abounds. And He is more gracious than anything that we could experience in life. We can never, ever, ever out sin or, or have some kind of life that is beyond the love and the grace of our Father in heaven. Amen? So as we go through this, we are going to talk about the ideal, but here's the deal, right? I'm going to rap a little bit today, if that's okay. Everybody cool with that? If I do a little bit of rapping? So here's, here's what I've been, here's what I've been experiencing. I got some people taking their heads no, like I don't, I'm getting mixed emotions here. Um, Yesterday, I was at a birthday party. My middle daughter was there, and she 
somehow found a friend that wasn't a part of the birthday party. Um, and her friend was riding her bike. And I'm just kind of doing what I'm supposed to do as a dad and not watching her whatsoever. And I'm kind of focusing with the birthday party stuff where she wasn't. And then I look up and she's riding this kid's bike around the path at the park. And here's the thing with no training wheels. She's never done that before. Like she has training wheels on her bike at home. So I look up and she's like looking at me like, hey, look, dad. And I look and she's riding a bike for the first time ever without training wheels that her little friend helped her do. And I'm like, oh, man. So Pastor Andrew's there. And I'm like, hey, did you think I should take a video? Like, because Ashley's never seen this and she's not here. So I can't imagine going home and saying, hey, babe, guess what happened? You missed it. Like you missed the bike. So I took a video. I did the right thing as a husband. That was a proud moment for me as a parent. And then last night, I have a boy, right? And everybody knows we call him the boy. He is the boy. And I wanted to rip his head off just because. Like, I don't even know why. He just frustrates me that much that I want to just, like, take him and I don't know what I want to do with him. Parenting brings out the best of you and the worst of you. When my oldest daughter was born, I remember because Ashley's doctor made me like hold a leg. I don't recommend that, but she made me do that. So I'm watching my baby be born and I'm like, this is horrible. And then she comes out. They put her in like the Chick-fil-A sandwich warmer thing, you know, like they do with babies. And man, immediately, immediately I feel some kind of love that I didn't even know existed. And your parents tell you that when you're growing up. Like, it's just a different kind of love. I'm like, no, it ain't. But it is. It's like you look at her, and it's like, I'm not sure you're finished yet, but cool, you know, that's good. You, you, man, I love you already. I don't know how, but I love you. Like, I would die for you. Like, that's what, like, I haven't met you. I saw you about three months ago. You look like a gummy bear on a picture. But now I see you. You're beautiful. I would die for you. It's just some kind of love. That comes up. And then they bring out some darkness in you. I need some amens on that. They bring out some darkness, right? And last night was one of those times for me. Like, he did, I don't think he did anything wrong. He just, in my brain, I wanted to just rip his head off. And I'm just being honest and transparent with you. Like, I'm not some extra, ultra-spiritual person, man. I'm a dad to a little boy that's four and thinks that he can do no wrong and do everything. And, like, I don't even know. Like, I'm getting too serious right now talking about it. So, parenting just brings out this stuff, man. And what it does is parenting exposes your need for a Savior unlike anything else in your life. Parenting just exposes your need of the gospel more than anything else in your life. We talked about in our marriage series that your spouse is a sanctifying agent for you, that God uses your spouse to help in the sanctification process, which is being made more and more like Him. Man, kids are the same thing. Kids are a sanctifying agent for you. They help you become closer to Jesus if you allow it to happen that way because it could push you way, way farther away from Jesus as well. So here's the deal, man. I don't want us to get to the end of this message 
and think that man, I just gave you six or seven tips for better parenting. That's not what this is about. My heart for us is that we realize we need the gospel. That we realize that apart from the gospel, there's no way we can parent the way that God has called us to parent. Consider this. Consider that your kids weren't given to you for you and that you weren't given to your kids for them. That it was an ordained thing by God to bring Him glory and to display the gospel on this earth. And there's some of you, I know some of you are sitting in this room and, and you don't have kids. Maybe you want kids and you can't have kids and it seems like the, the, the worst people in the world are the most fertile and it doesn't make sense. And again, I want you to know where the ideal isn't met that God's grace abounds. That God is above all things. That's what this entire series has been about. That He is before all things, He is in all things, and He is over and above all things. That it is all about Him. It always has been, and it always will be. We need the Gospel. We can have rules, we can have systems, we can have regulations. How many of you are parents? Just raise your hand if you're parents. Alright, God bless you. How many of you have rules in your house? Alright. We know the ones that don't. You don't have to raise your hand. So, here's the deal. Rules can't change a kid's heart. Now, I'm not saying rules are bad. I'm just saying that rules on their own, rules and regulations, uh, a tight system of regulations, it cannot change a kid's heart. If that's all it took, then Jesus wouldn't need to come and die on the cross to change us from the inside out. No, it's a gospel thing. The gospel is the only thing that can change the heart of a child. So our job as parents is to create an environment in which our kids can be exposed to the gospel and become the men and the women that God has called them to be. That is our main responsibility as parents. Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your sons, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. All right, I struggled with this one last night, right? Like, I struggled with this because, yeah, I want to discipline, but my heart was kind of set on the death thing, too. We know that parents wrote this. Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from hell. Right, here's the deal. How many of you discipline? All right, cool. Again, we know the ones that don't. So I, this, this message isn't about should you spank or should you not spank? Should you do this or should you not do this? Like, that's not what this is about. If you don't spank, we know that you don't, and it's okay. But here's the deal. This relationship between parent and child is to declare that He is before all things, in all things, and above and over all things. That is what this relationship is for. In Joshua 24, we see that Joshua calls the people, they're standing between two mountains, and Joshua essentially says, hey, today is the day that you need to choose who you're going to serve. And Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then you flip one page in the Bible. 
One page. You go to Judges. Chapter 2, verse 10 says this. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. So they're saying all the people that said we will serve the Lord, their kids have now died. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that He had done for Israel. So you have one generation that knows the gospel. You have an, another generation that assumes the gospel. And then you have another generation that doesn't know the gospel at all. It happened that quick. Our job is to raise up the next generation to know the Lord. That's why we have a next-gen ministry here. That's why we have kids' ministry in the back every single Sunday. That's why our students meet on Sunday night. It's not just to hang out and have fun. No, it's so that they will know the gospel of Jesus. But man, the church can't be the only avenue of discipleship and teaching the gospel to the children. And we want to partner with you as parents. That's why our kids take home a sheet every single week. It gives you the option and the opportunity to, to dig deeper into the lesson so that y'all can keep the conversation going. In Colossians chapter 3, just two verses today from Colossians 3. Verse 20 and 21, it says, Children. Now children here is all those that still live with their parents. So if you're an adult and you live with your parents, this is for you. Children, obey your parents and everything. Listen, kids, listen to me. Obey your parents in everything. Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Then it says fathers. Now, obviously, it's not just dads, right, moms? But, but fathers, I want you to know that you will one day Stand and you will one day be responsible and accountable for the way that your kids were brought up. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The NIV translates this as exasperate. Don't exasperate. And, and what that really means is don't put your kids in a no-win situation. And man, this is a struggle for me because if I walk by a kid's room and it is a mess and they were supposed to clean it up, then my first reaction is I'm going to yell their name and tell them to come clean their room. Now let's say they're eating dinner. So they leave dinner and they come and clean their room and I walk downstairs and their plate's on the counter and I'm like, hey, why is your plate on the counter? And they're going, I don't know what to do. And I just put them in a no-win situation and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what it means to exasperate our kids. So our job is to, to not discourage them, but the opposite it is to encourage them. To encourage our kids. Every kid needs validation and vision. That's what they need. They need to be validated and they need a vision in life. And here's the deal. If you don't show it to them, they will search for it somewhere else. And you don't want this world validating your kids and you definitely don't want your kids to, to live in the vision of this world. It is our responsibility as parents to validate and to provide vision for them. We see a beautiful example of this the day that Jesus is baptized. It says the heavens 
opened up and God says, my son in whom I am well pleased. He was pleased in his son. How many of you would say that your kids know that you were well pleased in them? That you were well pleased in them? Man, it's such a big deal for us to validate and to, to provide them with vision of the gospel. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6. So it's, it's another letter to a different church, but he gives a little bit more eek in Ephesians. And he says in verse 1, Children, obey your parents. Again, kids, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he just he quotes the fifth commandment. It says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. To honor. Now, honor is, is talked about multiple times in Scripture. Now, how many of you parents, you still have parents alive? Okay. This is for you too. You, you never graduate from honoring your parents. And you're like, well, they're not really honorable people. We see it in the book of Peter that Peter tells us to, to honor the emperor, and the emperor was not at all an honorable person, but we're supposed to honor the authority that's over us, and, and our parents have been put in that place. It, do, it doesn't mean that you have to, to be, have the greatest relationship with them. It just means that you honor them as the authority in your life. Even if they're not still here, you still honor them as your parents. This is what I would challenge you to do. Every kid in here, whether you're a kid kid or an adult kid, I would challenge you to text, email, call, whatever your parents do. I would challenge you to text them today. When you leave this place or before you leave this place and say, I'm sorry or thank you, but definitely I love you. Just, just try it. Just try it. I was reading a, a story about a, a big youth event and this youth pastor had his teenagers do this. And one of the teenage girls texted her mom and said, hey, I just want you to know that I'm so grateful for you. I love you. I'm sorry for all the stuff I put you through. And I want you to create a list of things for me to do to help you out around the house. And the mom texted back and said, what did you do? Right? And that just happened. Because we don't do that very often. But we should create that type of environment and relationship with our kids and with our parents. To where we can always say, and I'm sorry, thank you, but definitely I love you. I would challenge you to do that. If we drop down to Ephesians chapter, uh, verse 4, it says fathers, again, not just that fathers parent. Women, moms actually do most of the parenting in our culture. It says fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. He gives two things here, discipline and instruction. They go together. Because here's the deal. Discipline without instruction is useless. Instruction means to, to train or to coach or to, to mentor. So you can discipline without love, but you cannot love without discipline. Discipline is just a part of loving. But there's instruction that is included. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, 
this is a, a popular verse, and people, I don't want you to think that this is, this is a promise. This isn't a promise. This is the, the ideal. This is the goal. That if you train them up in the way of the Lord, if you train them up and teach them the gospel, that even when they're old, not just older out of your house, but like old, old, right? Even when they're rock, rock star age, then, man, they won't depart from that. But what does it mean to train up a kid? And that's where I really want to spend the rest of our time because I want to get really practical on what it means to train up a kid in the way they should go. But I don't want you to look at this as just some parenting tip because this is all infused with the gospel of Jesus. The gospel that says that we are black-hearted sinners in need of a Savior. A gospel that says Jesus has done everything necessary for our salvation by coming on a rescue mission for us, by living a perfect life, by dying on a cross and taking our sin and our place, by paying it in full for us and then defeating death three days later. It's infused with that gospel that we train up the next generation. So here we go. We're going to spell out the word train here. The T in train is to teach them the word. Teach them the word. You may be sitting there thinking, man, I'm not very theological. I don't know a lot about the Bible. And I'm probably not the best one to teach my kid the word. And I would say this to you. That as their mom, as their dad, you are the best person to teach them the Word of God. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be just so knowledgeable about Scripture. Because what we do here at Impact Church is we want to come beside you. So we want to resource you to be able to do that. We want to, we want to give you these sheets that they take home. We can point you in the direction of, of the right Bibles, of the right studies, of whatever you need, man, we are here. That is why Impact Kids exists. Is so that we partner with you as parents. Not so that we do it all. There's no way that we can do it all. We want to partner with you so that we can teach the Word of God to your kids. And maybe for some of you, you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm just going to let y'all do it. That's cool, man. You could do that, but you're missing out on a lot. They're here for one hour a week. That's it. That's all we get is one hour to pour into them, and we're going to pour into them for an hour. But man, it is your, your job, your responsibility as a parent to continue the teaching and the discipleship at home. It's not an impact discipleship process. It's a family discipleship process and we are one big family and we're doing this thing together man it it doesn't even it takes more than a village now to raise a kid right it takes a village plus whatever else like a village ain't enough for some of these kids we need we need everybody to step up how many of you grew up and other people could spank you besides your parents that's what i'm talking about that's why our generation was awesome um i'm just kidding actually we think that our generation was cool and this new generation is horrible. All generations have been horrible. 
That's just the truth. It's just a different type of horrible. But yeah, I had people that could spank me too. I just, I could really talk my way out of trouble, so I didn't get spanked a lot. But the T means to teach them the word. R is this, relationship over rules. Now, again, rules are important. You've got to have some kind of standard, some kind of rule, some kind of regulation. But here's the truth. One day, when your kids grow up, your rules don't matter anymore. All you have left is the relationship that you have built with them. Are you building that relationship? Even the rules that you put in place should point to the relationship that you want to have with your kids. Right? Come home before the streetlights come on. How many of you grew up that way? All right. It wasn't just because your parents hated you and they wanted you to come home before the streetlights came on. No, that rule pointed to the relationship that I love you and I want you to be safe, so I want you to come home at a certain time. So rules even point to the relationship, but the relationship should be so strong that even when your rules don't matter anymore, that the relationship is still intact, that you can still point your kids to the gospel. There's a time, and I would just want you to know this, there is going to be a time when your kids become teenagers if they're not already. And you will not be the person that they want to tell everything to. They're not coming to mom and dad to talk to anymore. Maybe you're like, well, they're coming to me like I'm cool. No, man, cool left a, a long time ago for you. You ain't cool anymore. Like, I'm not either. My kids, they're not going to come to me at some point. So what do we want? That's why we have impact students here is because we have leaders that care, that want to point our students to the gospel. And man, I'd rather my kids, when they become teenagers, have some people in student ministry that they can have those relationships with. So that when they need to talk, when they need to get stuff out, I know they're not coming to me. They're not. For one, I'm their dad. Two, I'm a pastor. They ain't coming to me, man. That's just not going to happen. They're not going to their mama because she's their mama and she's their mama, right? So they ain't going to her. They're going to go to their student leaders. And that's why we have people that care about teenagers and care about pointing them to the gospel. So I would encourage you if you have teenagers and they're not plugged in to impact students, that you get them plugged in so that those relationships can begin to build and to form and they have those people they can go to that's helping you as parents point them to the gospel. And that's what we need in life. And speaking of students, our students are going on a trip this summer to Crossroads. They went last year. They loved it. There was some salvation. There's a lot of stuff that happens. It's crazy. I'm not cool enough to go. Just saying. But I would if I was cool enough. But they're trying to raise some money. So they're doing some, some stuff. You can hire one of them to do some work for you. If you need some work done around the house, you can hire one of these students to help you, and then the money that you give them goes toward their trip. Now, you can also just sponsor and donate some money. That's cool. It just ain't smart. If you're going to donate money, you might as well get some work done at the same time. I'm just saying. But that is a big deal. If you're interested in doing that, again, next steps table in the back, just uh, go by there and see Elena at the end of service, and she can get you 
uh, connected with hiring of students. The A is ask heart questions. Now we're so good, of, of, we're really good with asking activity questions. What did you do today? Did you, how was practice? Did you, what happened here? Did you do this? We're really good at asking. And I'm not saying that activity questions aren't good, but that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be the heart questions. Not just what you do at school today, but what made you happy at school today? What made you mad at school today? What's happening in your life that is stirring up some type of emotion in you? What, what's going on that is affecting the inside, not just the activity. Where we said every single week, this is the sixth week of this series, and this is at least the sixth time that we've said this, that it is identity over activity. And if we want to if we want to portray the gospel to our kids and the questions that we ask matters. We want to ask identity questions. We want to ask heart questions. What's going on on the inside? Man, and it's good to know what they're doing. Like, that's great. You should know that. But man, the relationship should be so strong that those heart questions should be the most important questions that we ask. The I is this influence, not just instruction. Instruction is good, right? But there comes a time again that your parenting instruction is it doesn't matter anymore. Your kids grow up, they move out, the instruction's gone. But do you still have influence in their life? Do you still have influence in their life? My dad is older now. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but he's older. He's in the rock star group, like so he's at least that old. Um, and, man, I used to depend on him for a lot of instruction in my life. And now that I've gotten older, it's not so much instruction, but, man, I won't hesitate to call him because he still has influence in my life. I say, hey, man, so what do you think about this? I'm trying to do this. What do you, what do you think about this? What's your, what's your opinion on this because the influence is there. And I don't really need them for the instruction. And there's going to come a time where my kids don't need instruction from me, but I hope and pray that I, I've built the type of relationship with them where the influence never stops in their life. And that is our responsibility as parents. And the end is this. So we have train, teach them the word, relationship over rules, ask heart questions, influence, not just instruction, and then end is this never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Man, it's so easy in parenting to say, I'm done. I give up. They, they don't care. They don't respect. They don't honor. They don't love. I'm done. I'm giving up. Here's the deal. The picture of the gospel is that we never give up. The picture of the gospel is no matter how much our sin was, God never gives up on us. He never gave up. He will never give up. He sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us. In the middle of our screw-up, in the middle of our sin, in the middle of our filthiness, He didn't say, you know what, I'm done, I give up. He said, I'm never giving up on you. 
And as parents, man, we have to make the declaration and say, I never give up. Maybe my relationship with my kids isn't very good, but I'm never giving up. They are mine, and I am their mother or their father. Never give up. And maybe for you, you need to text your kid today and say, hey, I'm sorry. Or, thank you, but definitely, I love you. Because they need to know that you love them. You say, well, they don't really show that back. It doesn't matter because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of times where God is lavishing His love upon us and we're not showing it back. But He doesn't stop loving. We can't give up. It's that important. It's that vital. We never give up as parents. And for those of you who aren't parents in this room, man, there's opportunity for you to invest in the life of the next generation. We always need more people to serve and impact kids. Always. No matter how small we become or no matter how big we become, we will always need more people to serve and impact kids. It's just how it is. Every church I've ever been a part of, you always need more people to serve with the kids. And what an opportunity for you to invest and be a spiritual parent for someone. To help teach and disciple the next generation. And maybe you're like, yeah, kids ain't it for me, man. Well, impact students, we need some people to step in and to help serve with them too. Man, what a, what a blessing it is to be able to step in and to help train up the next generation. And that's why it's one of our core values is tenaciously shepherding the next generation because we believe that the next generation will impact the world more than any generation before them. And it's not something we just say. It's something we really believe. And we need you. Whether you're a parent or not, we need you to help invest in the next generation here at Impact Church. I'm going to close really quick with Psalm 127, verse 3 and 4. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one Jew. Here's, the deal. Here's my question for you. Are you raising arrows? Are you raising arrows? My biggest prayer, my biggest goal, my biggest hope for my kids is that I can send them out as missionaries, not in other countries, in whatever life they live, send them out to share the gospel, to proclaim and to put on display the gospel each and every day, like an arrow in the hand of the Lord that he, they could be shot out to affect and to impact the kingdom of God. Are you raising arrows? Are you just trying to be all buddy-buddy with your kids? Man, that, that's not what God called us to do. Like I'm not telling you not to be friends with your kids, but again, we know if you are. The, the deal is, God has called us 
to train up these kids in the way that they should go. And the way they should go is follow the gospel of Jesus. Is the gospel the most important thing in your home? And you know what? The best way to do this as a married couple is to love your spouse the way that God's called you to love your spouse. That's why it's always followed by parenting. And parenting is always after husbands love your wives this way and wives love your husbands this way because it's through that love, it's through that relationship that your kids really understand the gospel. If you love your spouse well, your kids know that you love your spouse well, then it is a lot easier to love them and to train them up the way that they should go. So my question, man, again, is are you raising arrows? Is the gospel the most important thing in your home? And if it's not, then today is the day that we should we should have some confession and some repentance as parents. And for those of you who need to take your next step and get plugged in with one of these ministries here, man, again, the next steps table in the back, I would encourage you to go by there and just talk about it. Just get some information. You don't have to, you don't have to agree today, but you can at least get some info and talk about what that would look like for you to be a spiritual parent here at Impact Church. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.